you are about to enjoy a presentation recorded at the 2022 Michigan Conference Camp Meeting held at Cedar Lake, Michigan. We pray that the Lord will bless you as you listen. Dear Father in heaven, Lord, it is such a joy to be in your presence and to talk about you, to talk about your power. And Lord, we praise you and we thank you that we have, we have this gift, this privilege of talking to you through prayer and through your word. And Lord, I ask in a very special way that may, may your hand be upon us. May your spirit, Lord, dwell in our hearts. Amen. And may the words that will be spoken, will, may the messages that will be shared this morning will not be mine, but will be entirely yours. Amen. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross, O Lord, that I may not be seen or, nor be heard, but Jesus and Jesus alone be seen, be heard, be lifted up and exalted. We ask all this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus. All your children say, Amen. Amen. Friends, question, who among you here was there in the prayer room this morning? Oh, there's a lot. <laughs> yes. And I was, I, was so, I was so rebuked by the number of chairs that I, that I somehow arranged. My faith is too small. It's equivalent to my height. <laughs> Friends, there's like a hundred people who were there, huh? And the mom who has that kid was still there. <laughs> And for those of you who were not there when I shared what happened to me last night, I'll share it again. Last night, friends, was, was a challenge. It was a challenge. It was, it was quite a tight, uh, what do you call this, schedule. Because I did not, I did not know that uh, Pastor Rob was wanting me to go up in the pulpit to promote, to promote the morning prayer and to lead out in congregational prayer. How could I say no? We need God's people to be in the prayer room. Can you say amen? So I grabbed that opportunity. And it was quite close call because I was supposed to speak to the, to the young congregation, ages 7 and 8, the primary. I was supposed to speak at 7.15 in the evening. So, so I asked, I bargained, said, can you move me? A little bit later, so they moved me at 7.50. Friends, 7.50, I was still on the pulpit. And I was praying, oh Lord, please hold the attention of those kids. When we arrive, most of the kids are lining for the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe they, they've waited too long. And friends, and I was just like thinking, Lord, please help me share this, this message to these kids. Friends, speaking to the seven and eight years old, it's a different ball game. Huh? <laughs> you'll be taken out of your comfort zone. And praise God, praise God for the moments that takes us out of our comfort zone. Can you say amen? amen. Because we would be driven to our knees. Actually, friends, in the afternoon, in and out in the afternoon, I've been praying, Lord, please give me the words to share. And make long story short, I was about to share and I was still praying, Lord, please be with me. And the moment I started speaking, of course, the skids are quite uneasy. But slowly but surely, the Lord was speaking to each and every heart. These kids was paying attention. I talked to them about Peter. And by the way, the topic that was given to me to speak last night was confession. Speaking confession to the seven and eight years old kids. So, friends, you know what? And uh, I, was, I was asking that, Lord, please teach me how to share this. So I talked about Peter. And the Lord somehow gave me this picture of Peter being God's, being Jesus, one of his best friends. And I asked them, who among you here has the best friend? And they raised their hands. Who among you here loves their best friends like they love their, their brothers and sisters? They raised their hands. Who among you here loves their best friend more than their siblings? They raised their hands. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was such a beautiful time of, of fellowship with the kids. And then I told them, just imagine Peter somehow denied Jesus, abandoned Jesus in front of people, his best friend. And one of the boys in front was almost tearing up. He was looking at me like this, like, and I'm thinking, the message is getting through to this, to these young people. And friends, you know what? Almost all of them were just listening, except for those people on the side, and the teachers will just poke them, <laughs> and they give their attention again. And then at the last part, I asked them to gather together, and like what we do in United Prayer, but these kids pressed even closer. And then they, I asked them, I asked them to, I asked them to pray short prayers, like, through Jesus, I'm sorry for this, for that, because before I asked them to come with me and, and pray, I asked them, who among you here said sorry? And they, most of them raised their hands and said, how does it feel when you say sorry? I said, it feels so good. <laughs> One of the kids just said. So when we came into our time of prayer, when they were say, saying sorry to Jesus, there's this one little boy beside me somehow did that to my shoulder. I said, can I pray too? He said, sure. So I put the mic near his mouth, and then he began praying. Friends, honestly speaking, I don't understand what he was praying about. He was, he was just mumbling something, but I could see the sincerity in his voice, face. Later on, we're done. I finished praying, and I went, went at the back, and then I did not know that his mom was there. His mom asked me, Jem, what did that boy who's wearing a striped orange shirt said in his prayer? He said, honestly speaking, I didn't understand. He said, why do you ask? That's my son. He had a big fight with his dad yesterday. And his dad was so burdened, he asked his fellow pastors to pray with him. And I know for a fact it was the Holy Spirit who was speaking to his heart. It was the Holy Spirit. Friends, by the way, that kid, he was not supposed to be there in the, in the, seven, and, in the seven and eight years old. He's only five years old. And his mom showed me a photo of the group picture, and he was there. His eyes was just fixed. He was fixed. He was just like looking at the speaker, and friends, this is one thing that, that just somehow hit my heart. I'm thinking, wow, Lord, if me as a mere human being, my heart is so moved to see these young children come together and press together before the presence of their Heavenly Father, how much more is God looking down on us? And how joyful he is when he sees his people come together in prayer. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Oh, I'm, I'm just moved to say another prayer. Let's bow our heads. <laughs> Dear Father in heaven, Lord, we praise you and we thank you for giving us this opportunity to, to lift up our voices to you. And Lord, thank you so much that even though we've messed up so many times, it's like, like Peter, and you still have that look when Peter looked at your face, there's no condemnation, there's no anger, there's just compassion, there's just love, and there's just picture of you talking to Peter. Don't worry, Peter, I love you anyway. So Lord, I pray, you fill us with your spirit, 
For we ask this in the loving and precious name of your son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. Amen. I'm just compelled to share that with you. I could not let that, uh, that experience go by without being recorded. So <laughs> I don't want to forget that, that picture, and I don't want you to forget that picture either. So let's go back again to our, to our topic of prayer. Remember, our definition of prayer that I read yesterday from the book, from the book Living by Faith, chapter 35, entitled Prayer. I'll read it again. Prayer, what is prayer and what is the purpose for which it is offered? It is the expression of your consent to what God is willing and waiting to do for you. Can you say amen again? It is the expression, it's giving God a consent of what He desires to do in us because we've established that God already knows what's best for us. Can you say amen? And He's the one in charge, not us. Can you say amen? Oh, and what stops God from doing it? Us. <laughs> Us, because we think we know what we want. We think we know where we're going, but friends, only God does. Who among you here knows what's going to happen last 2020? Any predictions? No. Who among you here were surprised? I guess all of us. All of us were surprised, but God was not surprised, friends. It says again, it is, the express, it is expressing to your God, to God, let me read it again. It is expressing to God your willingness to let Him do for you what He wants to. Friends, just imagine. Do you have a picture of, of this God that He wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think for you, for me, for our family, for the people that we're praying for, for the people that we're burdened with? Sometimes we forget that God loves the people that we're praying for more than we love them. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Oh, friends, we have an amazing God. We have an amazing, amazing God. And here, this is one thing I, I realize, friends, that we will not have this picture of God if we still think that we are in control. We will not have a picture of this God if we don't spend time to know Him. So, again... My misconception about prayer before is that for me, prayer is a science that we could twist the arm of God and get what we want or sometimes what we need. But prayer is really in full in submission, total submission to Him. Remember the gesture in prayer is not this, it's not this, it's this. See, if there's something that we have to remember when it comes to prayer, he already knows, and He desires what's best for us. So all we have to do is what? Is submit. And even what we want doesn't coincide with what He desires to give. We have to give in for what He desires to give is what? It's best for us and will be for our own benefit and will be for our highest joy. Believe it or not, it will be for our highest joy. Can you say Amen. That amen sounds so nervous, friends. Don't you believe that God is somehow concerned about your joy? About your happiness? About your deepest happiness? So, friends, it says here, That I may know Him. God, that, that may know Him, page 63, paragraph 3. By the way, friends, all these quotes that I'm reading, I could give it all to you. You just give me your, your emails later on. 
And I will send this to you. Oh, thank God. It's his words anyway, not mine, so not copyrighted. <laughs> so listen to this. God will not occupy a divided heart or reign from a divided throne. Every rival that holds the affection and diverts them from the God of love must be dethroned. Whoa. Must be what? Dethroned. God should be the only one sitting on that throne. Can you say amen? The Lord demands all that there is of us, and there must be no reserve. Friends, if that is the reality, if that is the reality of how we live our lives, of how we give God our all, our everything, don't you think that it would be easier to submit that way when you know that you're not in charge? When you know that God is in charge? So friends, let us move on. Let us go back to the desire of ages. What we talked about. Remember the verse that I talked about yesterday. In John 14, verse 12, Most assuredly, I say to you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And the last line is, greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Friends, isn't this an amazing verse? As I've said yesterday, it seems like it's too good to be true. But it is true. Jesus spoke those words. Remember how powerful the words of Jesus is. He spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. Friends, let me read to you the follow-up of, uh, of that quote. From Desire of Ages 664, paragraph 5, it says, And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And I love this next line that says, He did not refer merely to miracle working, but to all that would take place under the working of the Holy Spirit. You know what this means? Everything. Everything that is under the power of the Holy Spirit. Only one agreed. And I think we could not even comprehend how vast, how powerful this promise is. And we do not even, I did not even fully get the power that is in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a picture of, of the gift of the Holy Spirit, friends. August 7, Signs of the Times, 1901, paragraph 4, it says, In giving the Holy Spirit, it was impossible for God to give more. Isn't this crazy? In giving the Holy Spirit, it was what? It was impossible for God to give more. Friends, of all the weapons that God has given us, that's the top of the line. <laughs> that's the best. Nothing could be best than that. Nothing could be powerful than that. Of all the resources that God has given us, <sighs> that's the peak of the resources. <laughs> Nothing could be more beautiful than that. And listen, friends, to this gift, Nothing could be added. By it, all needs are supplied. The Holy Spirit is the vital presence of God. Friends, this is why nothing could be added. What could be more than God? It's the vital presence of God. And I love in some part of the Desire of Ages, it says there, because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, Christ would be nearer to us than he was when he, with his disciples. 
Isn't this amazing, friends? That he could be nearer to you and to me. And friends, remember, Christ is a personal God. He could be nearer to you and to me than when he was with his disciples. It's because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Isn't this beautiful? The moment I, I see this, the moment I read this, wow, Jesus could really be walking with me in every single day of my life. Did you hear this? Like you could sit down with Jesus when you're heartbroken and pour out your hearts to you, your, your hearts to him when, when you have something that you want to tell him. And friends, this is one amazing thing about our God. Our brokenheartedness, our anxiety, they are not bigger than him. God is bigger than all the things that we're carrying and he desires us to run to him. Listen, friends, the Holy Spirit is the vital presence of God. And if appreciated, will call forth praise and thanksgiving that will ever be springing up unto everlasting life. If this gift is appreciated, remember, you will be grateful and thankful unto everlasting life. Friends, this is, I believe, one of the biggest reasons why the absence of this is the biggest reasons why we are not a joyful church. Huh? Because if we have this, my dear friends, we would not be having long faces. Just imagine we are murmuring in the midst of blessings. We are surrounded by power and yet we don't tap into the power. It's like we are given a $1 billion check. Both. I have not heard, did anyone issue a $1 billion check? I guess not yet, huh? Just imagine if you have a $1 billion check and yet you just frame it. Every now and then you take it out of the frame, you iron it. You appreciate it. Oh, wow, it's beautiful, but you don't go to the bank. Friends, this is us. We've been given this powerful gift, and yet we just look at it. Oh, let us move on. It says here, we need an enlarged conception in order to, op to comprehend its value. We need an enlarged conception in order to what? To, to appreciate its value. Friends, this is one thing that I've been praying for every single day, that the Lord will give me a clearer picture of what he desires to give me through the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, just imagine if all of us will have that, that, that desire for the Holy Spirit's anointing in our lives. Friends, just imagine how, how our families will be transformed, how our ministries will be transformed, how our churches will be transformed. Even our choices will become different. Oh, friends, let us move on. And I'm thinking, Lord, how can I... How can I comprehend this? Even my comprehension level when reading is not, that, is not that high. Friends, listen to this. John 16 verse 13. John 16 verse 13, it says, However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Did you hear this? When the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into what? All truth. Friends, at first, I become so, so disheartened thinking about like, oh, Lord, remember that, that verse that says, 
even the very elect will be deceived? When I heard this, those verses before, I'm just thinking, what fighting chance do I have? Even the very elect will be deceived. I'm thinking, I have not even memorized the 28 fundamental beliefs. Like, I have not memorized the, the Ten Commandments word for word. And friends, I remember the disciples. They've been hanging out with Jesus for three and a half years. And they did not get him. Do you hear me, friends? They didn't get him. Jesus was telling them about his mission, but they have their own mission. Jesus was telling them, I'm going to die. And after the three days, I'll be raised up back to life. No one, no one took Jesus seriously that he's going to die. Only one, Mary. But even Mary forgot about that promise that he'll rise, rise back again to life. Friends, this is one thing that really somehow spoke to my heart because when the Holy Spirit descended upon the disciples, they finally got it. Isn't this amazing? It's not us. It's the Holy Spirit's ministry, anointing in our lives that will lead us into all truth. And the moment, just imagine, friends, the moment the Holy Spirit descended upon them, everything was made clear. They begin to understand. Their, their imaginations went back again to the time when Jesus was teaching them the lessons. And now they were saying, oh, this is what he meant by this. It became clear, not because that they studied higher education, but it's because it's the Holy Spirit's anointing in their lives. So now, friends, after hearing that fact, do you have hope? Amen? For people like me that I'm talking here about, at first I was afraid that I'm not going to be enough, that my, my, this, my understanding is not going to be enough, but then I realized it's not me, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that would make me understand. And I like this line that says, He will guide you. Who, who's that He? The Holy Spirit. He will guide you into all truth. And then I realized, who is the truth? Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is the truth. So it's the Holy Spirit who's going to introduce me deeper who Jesus is. Isn't that beautiful? Friends, when you know who Jesus is, whatever trials you face, whatever storms that, you, that is in front of you, you could smile in the midst of the storm. Oh, friends, isn't that beautiful? Continue on, continuing on with the desire of ages, friends. It says here, The Savior's promise to His disciples, remember, greater works than this. The Savior's promise to His disciples is a promise to His church to the end of time. This is for whom? For us to the end of time. And I love this next line. God did not design that his wonderful plan to redeem men should achieve only insignificant results. Wow. It was not his plan. It was not in his design that his work will have only insignificant results. Friends, have you noticed us when we have like 20 baptisms like, yes! Friends, how many people are there left that needs to know Jesus? I'm not undermining the 20. But friends, if we let him take over, 
I think that 20 was supposed to be like maybe 20 million. Can you say amen to that? Huh? Sometimes we think that we have already so much, but my dear friends, God desires to do so much more. Listen, friends, all who will go to work trusting not in themselves of what they can do. Trusting in what? Not in themselves of what they can do, but in what God can do and for and through them will certainly realize the fulfillment of His promise. Greater works than these He will do. Friends, did you hear this? This is a beautiful promise. Let me read it again. All who will go to work. Who is this? Us? Trusting not in what they themselves can do. What is the picture that comes to your mind? All that who will go to work, that trust not on our ability, on the ability of the speaker, on the ability of the organizers. What picture do you see here if you're not trusting in what you can do, but in what God can do for and through them? I see a group of people on their knees, desperately calling upon God. Can you see this reality? If this is us, then we should be praying. If this is us that is being described here, then we should be praying. And you know what's the promise? And greater works than this he will do. Friends, isn't this very hopeful? That we could see greater works than, than what Jesus has done. Not in quality, but in quantity. Can you say amen? Friends, just imagine greater works. That was what Jesus has promised. If we only depend on him, if we do not depend on, on what we have been trained to do, on how other people did it, and based on the success in the past, but if we depend only upon the one who promised. Oh, can you imagine, friends, how frustrating it is for God to see his, his church go forward in a very slow pace when he desires to empower us, but we have not been tapping into the source of power. It's like, it's like we're, we bought a very expensive Ferrari, but we all joined in to just push the Ferrari. Did you get this? It's like this without the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's all join in. And no matter how many people are pushing the Ferrari, we progress so slow. We need to be tapping into the power that he desires to give us. Can you say amen, friends? So let us move on. And then a friend of mine is asking me, Jem, I really desire to come before God's presence and pray. I want to pray. I want even to pray all night prayer. But I'm all prayed out after five minutes. Who among here experienced that? Huh? You want to, to have it with the Lord, and after five minutes, you look at your watch. Oh, all the while, I thought it was an hour. But it was just five minutes. And this man was sincere. And I'm thinking, oh, brother, I don't, I don't know how to answer that. And then we encounter this, this beautiful promise, this quote from the book Prayer, page 83, paragraph 3. It says here, 
the greatest blessing that God can give to men is the spirit of earnest prayer. Did you hear this? It's not because that you were really gifted with ability to pray. My dear friends, I believe prayer is not a gift. It's a privilege. Huh? It's, it's like, remember, it was, it was compared to air. <laughs> so, friends, you know what? It's not a skill. God somehow desires for us to, to have it. And it's a blessing that He desires to give. If we only but ask, can you say amen? Isn't this a beautiful thought that even praying, I'm thinking, wow, everything comes from God, even the desire to pray. Even the earnestness to pray comes from Him. And it says here, all heaven is open before the man of prayer. Wow. If all heaven is open before the man of prayer, why aren't there more men and women coming to the Lord in prayer? Mm. And, and friends, this is one thing that I, I like, to, I like to, to share once again. This is the blessing that God desires for us to receive. All we have to do is what? Ask. Even pray for it. Like, Lord, please give us the earnestness. Give me the earnestness to seek after you. Friends, from a, from, from a perspective of a loving and abundant father, do you think that he will withhold that? Mm. Friends, it says here, The ambassador of Christ will have power with the people after they have with earnest supplication come before God. We will not have power in our ministries, in our evangelism program, if we will not have that time with the Lord. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, it says in one of the quotes, it's not here with me right now. It says, no heart will be touched. No soul will be brought to Christ without the power of the Holy Spirit. So friends, why do things without power when all power is given? And it says here, God knows, continuing back again to the book prayer, page 35, at chapter 35, it says, God knows... God knows all the needs that you have. You believe this? This is a reality, isn't it? Uh, God knows all the needs that you have and is ready and anxious to supply them. I did not picture our God to be an anxious God. But He's anxious to supply your needs. Can you say amen to that? What a beautiful God that we serve. He is so anxious to give us what we need. And friends... Who among you here has given a gift to someone that's special to you and you have searched far and wide for that gift? And when that person is about to open that gift, question is, who's more excited, you or the person opening the gift? It's you, isn't it? Like You want to see the reaction. And friends, this is the God that we serve. He is anxious to give you that gift. And just imagine, friends, this is... The picture of the God that most of the time we don't see. And listen, friends, it says here, but he waits for you to realize your need of him. He waits for you to what? Realize your need of him. Because most of the time when we look back in my prayer life, I just need the answer. Not really him. 
I just need a gift, but not the giver. I just need a blessing, but not the blesser. I just want a miracle, but not the miracle worker. Friends, he wants you to see your greatest need of him. And again, I'd like to read that, uh, that beautiful quote. I don't know if I read this yesterday, but it's in Desire of Ages, page 200, paragraph 3. It says, The Savior longs to give us a greater blessing than we ask. And He delays the answer to our request that He may show us the evil of our own hearts and our deep need of His grace. Friends, most of the time when there is a need in our lives, actually God is calling us. I need to come in. Did you hear this? God is calling us. I need you to invite me in. Have you noticed, friends, that every time we have like a church need or a ministry need, for example, if it's funds, what we do always is go into solution mode. What can we do to raise funds? So we, we raise up funds, fund campaign, donation campaign and all. But God is desiring us to come to Him first. Can you say amen to this? I remember one institution here in the U.S., they shared with my friend what they have experienced. I'll not tell what institution is this. They had like a deficit. So you know what they did? They gathered together, the faculty, the staff, the board, and said, let's do a fasting and prayer. They did fasting and prayer. And one by one, friends, you know what? One by one. The Lord showed them the evil of their own hearts. The Lord showed them what they need to correct in their institution. And friends, blessing began to come in. And then, any given time, uh, 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 I think after two weeks or three weeks, there's another stop of blessing. It did not continue to flow in. And they sought the Lord again, came together in the presence of God. And ask the Lord, is there still anything that's left that's not surrendered to the altar? And though, you know what? The Lord just convicted them of something that's, that did not look so, so urgent or so, uh, what do you call this? It's not really a violation in their eyes. The Lord somehow pointed to them, there is this plaque in your building that needs to be taken out. This building is mine. It should not be addressed to someone else. So friends, it was, it was quite a struggle for them because this person is a major donor. I'm thinking, so what should we do? It would be offending to the person to take out the name. But then they realize it's easy. It's, it's not easy to disappoint a person, but it's better to disappoint a person than to disappoint God. So they talked to the person. The person was not so happy. The person was not so happy. Name was taken out. But you know what? The moment that was taken out, all the fundings flowed in. And they said that was the biggest that they have ever received. When everything was taken away, when the hearts were clean before God. Friends, like in the prayer session this morning, one young man said, Lord, please forgive me that I don't run to you. I don't run to you first 
when I'm in trouble. Friends, do we run to Him? Or do we seek for our own solutions? The Lord is actually wanting us to come to Him at the very, very sight of danger. Don't make our own solutions. Run to Him. And this is, this is the, the blessing of having this desire to come before God and pray because that becomes your default. Every time something happens, you come to Him. And it's not just time in, in problems. It's not just moments that you need Him. In times of joy as well, who do you share it with first? He wants to share it. He already knows it. But he just wants to see your expression, like that smile. <laughs> Isn't this amazing that we have a God like this? Let us move on, friends. It says here, And when, oh, remember, the last line that we read about, He waits for you to realize your need of Him. And I'll jump to the next line, it says, And when this longing is felt, what longing? Desire for Him, this longing for Him. And when this longing is felt, when your soul feels an intense desire for the help that only God can give, when the language of the soul is like the deer that panteth for the waters. So, friends, did you hear this? The Lord desires us to pant after Him. The Lord desires us to long after Him, not for answers, not for the solution, but Him. And it says here, the, then... The effect is to open the channel between God and your soul. Then the flood of blessings, then the flood of blessings can descend which God was already waiting to pour out. Did you hear this, friends? Most of the time, I miss this. No, all the time before, I miss this because I just want the now. I don't want Him. I just want the little solution, but the Lord desires me, desires you and me and His church to desire Him. And when this longing is felt, that when we desire only Him, nothing else, no one else, and then heaven is just wanting to pour out what He was already waiting to give. And friends, listen to this next line. This is, I think, my favorite line of all the lines here in this chapter. And it is the intensity of your desire that determines how wide the door will be open. <laughs> you want me to read that again? It is the intensity of your desire that determines how wide the door will be open. Desire of Ages, page 100, paragraph 1, I think 1 or 3, it says, From the soul that feels its need, nothing is withheld. <laughs> From the soul that feels his what? Need. Nothing is withheld. Friends, we will be given. I like, I like that as well. In, also in Desire of Ages, we will be given in order to the capacity to receive. I was thinking at first, what is that capacity measured? How is that capacity measured? And then I realized, friends, it's very simple. Your capacity to need him. How much do you need him? If you need him this much, then this is how much you receive. But if your need for him is unending, is infinite, friends, that is what he will give. If there's something, friends, 
that we have to be praying for? One thing, one important thing that we'll be praying for is this. I would be praying that God will increase our need of Him. Can you say amen to that? That God will increase our desire to desire Him. That God will, will somehow deepen our longing. That we will not long for anything else except Jesus. Can you say amen? Oh, this is becoming a sermon now. Okay. <laughs> and listen to this next line as well. It says, you need to more clearly realize the great truth that God sees and knows everything that you need and has every provision made for all your wants. Did you hear this, friends? He mentioned the wants. All the while, I thought that wants, this is not necessary, but God is even concerned about your wants. <laughs> oh, friends, he knows them before you have thought of those wants yourself. Your work is not to determine what must be done to relieve your wants, but to place yourself in a position where God can relieve them by the means which he has provided. You want to move according to his plans. Can you say amen? Friends, you could see the pattern here, that prayer is in submission. You would want to move what? How? According to his plans. If there's something that you should be praying for, Lord, I want your plans. I need your direction. I need your instruction. Oh, this is from Living by Faith, still Living by Faith, chap chapter 35, entitled Prayer. And it says here, and not to set about fruitless tasks of trying to make him work for you according to some plans of your own. Friends, let me ask this question. Aren't we so good at this part? Huh? Now we are somehow trying to let God like bend to our plans. Like, I think, Lord, this is okay. We just need your signature. We just need your seal. Friends, this is, this is what I have been doing. And I'm thinking, oh, how I have hindered God's perfect plan for me. Remember, he already has plans for us, doesn't he? Jeremiah 29 verse 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. But we don't trust his plans. We push our own plans. And some people are asking me, but Jem, how, how do I know God's plans? I've been asking for his plan, but he doesn't reveal it to me. I said, but you have a plan of your own, don't you? Most of the time, our plans are blocking us from seeing God's plan for us. Friends, I remember a friend of mine, good friend of mine. I'll talk about him. I did not get his permission, so he doesn't have any choice right now. Good friend of mine. His name is Jasper. When people see my, my travel itinerary, they said, Wow, Jem, you travel a lot. And I said, Only by the grace of God. I've been living by faith, friends, for the past uh, 11 years and 8 months now. And God has been bringing me to one place after another. Before COVID, God has been taking me one place after another almost every week. And Jasper's experience is crazier. I have traveled almost 20 countries in the past like 11 years and 8 months. Jasper traveled like 50 countries in just 5 years. And the Lord has used this young man to be a blessing to the ministry. And uh, he studied theology back in, uh, in the Philippines. But somehow the Lord called him not just to be a pastor, but also to, to focus much on, on photography 
and video. Remember, his scores was theology. So he did not study filmmaking or photography, but the Lord gifted him with, with his skills and he used it for the glory of God. Friends, Jasper's photos was published, were published in National Geographic website. Like five or six photos already. And his videos, like, have you, who among you here has seen the lineage? Like what uh, Pastor Adam Ramden was talking about. Friends, the first part of the lineage, all the drone foot, footage, that's Jasper. So all those things, it was amazing. God has been using this, this, this young man. And his, his videos are being shown now in, in Hope Channel, 3BN. So make long story short, the Lord has prospered Jasper. And while he was here in, in the U.S. during lockdown, he could not go back to the Philippines. So he got stuck here. Finally, the borders opened up. He flew to the Philippines. And he got stuck there for like three months. And he was calling me one time. said, Kuya Jem. Kuya is like older brother. Hey, Kuya Jem. I'm so bored here. Just imagine, friends, like containing someone who travels a lot for the Lord in one place. That's just like solitary confinement. <laughs> so he just wanted to go. And I said to him, just wait on the Lord, Jap. The Lord will make it clear for you. Because he was asking how I got back to the U.S. Actually, friends, I've been praying three times. The Lord moved my ticket. I was stuck in the Philippines in seven months during pandemic. But that was the best seven months with me and my family. That was the seven months that God used for the revival of my church, the revival of my family. So it was just amazing. So Jasper was stuck there. When I get back, he, he was get back to the U.S. He was back in the Philippines. So he was asking, Kuya Jem, how... How is it going there? I said, yes, it's, it's not as restrictive as the Philippines. So he's wanting to fly back to the U.S. Friends, when I flew back to the U.S., I did not even uh, was this, undergo any COVID testing. The Philippines is very strict. Just imagine, the Lord just opened a window and I slipped through it. And so he was asking me, how, how I, when is the best time to go? I said, wait on the Lord. Just wait on the Lord. I think a few weeks later, I received a phone call from him. He's calling me from San Francisco. Kuya Jem said, oh, what's up, Jap? And this is like 2 a.m. I said, what's, what's the problem? He said, oh, I'm here in San Francisco right now because his voice is quite concerned. He said, what's happening? He held me back in the immigration. He interrogated me for like 10 hours. And they're sending me back to the Philippines. I said, what happened? I said, they said that I overstayed my six-month visa. But that was during pandemic. He doesn't have any choice. So it was frustrating. It was heartbreaking. It was depressing, actually, friends, because whenever I go, I talk about how the Lord has provided for this, for this man because people will tell me, Jem, your, your travel is unique. Maybe it's just for you. So no, no, no. You have to, to listen to the story of this young man. And friends, my heart was broken for my brother. And so we prayed. And I told him, you know what? I believe God's work for you is not done yet in the Philippines. So I prayed. And he went back to the Philippines. Actually, he was depressed, friends. It was heartbreaking. 
And when he was in the Philippines, he had more time to what God is wanting him to do. So he did a documentary of this mission pilot, of this medical missionary pilot who's doing evacs, medical evacs in the mountains of Palawan. Friends, just imagine these mountain trips are quite difficult. So one minute of, of helicopter ride, that's one hour of walk. That's one hour of walk. So he did this docu for this guy, and he was so inspired of what the Lord is doing to this man. And while he was there, he witnessed this young woman who's teaching the kids, who's walking for like two to three hours just to be just to be taught by this young teacher. This young teacher, friend, who was sponsored by missionaries, she's supposed to go outside of the country, like here in the U.S., but she chose to stay in the mountains to teach the kids to learn ABC and most especially to learn about Jesus. Friends, Jasper was so inspired by this woman, by this young woman, and they don't have a classroom. They just stayed under the tree. <laughs> but the view is million-dollar view. <laughs> It was a beautiful view. So when he went back to the main, to the headquarters, the Lord somehow convicted Jasper. Why not build a school funded by social media? So he posted a GoFundMe uh, campaign with a goal of $10,000. Friends, in less than 24 hours, they overreached the goal. Like $12,000, $13,000 just came in. So when he did the video, instead it was a campaign video. It was a thank you video. Friends, one by one people helped. And even was this, and even the, even the helicopter, they had received funding for, for gas, for fuel. Drums of drums of fuel were, were donated for them. One by one people just gave. Even, even major sponsors like, like H&M, the clothing, they, they donated this and that. There was a solar, a solar company who donated like solar lanterns for the kids. There were, there were people who donated slippers for these kids because they go to, the, to their school barefoot. But when they go home, they still bring up their, their slippers and run barefoot. <laughs> Friends, it's just amazing to see what the Lord has done. What amazing things that the Lord has done in his life. Friends, one by one, the Lord opened doors for Jasper. He, he, he guested in one of the vlogs of one of the celebrities in the Philippines. And there's one, uh, what do you call this? One, there's one podcast that he guested as well. And that podcast became the number one podcast in the whole country for a whole week. <laughs> so Jasper gets noticed from the people like in the Hollywood, in the Philippines, and friends, one by one, doors were opening up. And the people there in the mountains were receiving all this blessing. And when I, I did a video call to Jasper, he said, Manong Jem, this is the happiest I've been. And seeing all the faces of these kids. And friends, you know what? Make long story short, the school was built in less than three, three months. The school was built, and they promised Jasper, you will have like 30 to 40 students if the school is built. You know how many students were there? More than 100. More than 100 students, and their parents were there as well. <laughs> because some of the parents are illiterate. 
And friends, one time they were eating and Jasper was trying to look at their, their packs and their packs of, of food is wrapped with banana leaves. <laughs> so he opened it. It was all just one color. It was all white. It was just rice. Rice and a little bit of salt. So Jasper's heart was moved. So he, he, he went to social media again. And friends, one ministry was moved by it. And these kids were supplied the whole year, the whole school year of food. Isn't that amazing? And now these kids go to their classroom. They're all wearing uniforms. They have uniform bags. And the joy in Jasper's heart is just overflowing. There's one guy who saw his project from Instagram. And this guy is not even, I don't know if he's even Christian. Because when you see his, his photos, it's, it's just very, uh, it's opposite of what Christian uh, post is. But this man, you know what? He has a good heart. He came to Jasper. He wants to visit the jungle school. After his visit, he said, we want to donate $25,000 to build another school. Oh. This is amazing, friends. Here I saw that if Jasper would have gone through U.S., if he would have stayed here, he would have missed out Oh, the highest joy of his heart. Friends, God knows where we need to be. God knows where we needed to be. And most of the time, we go ahead of him. Most of the time, our understanding of prayer is, Lord, give. And our understanding of prayer should be, Lord, lead. Can you say amen? amen. Friends, he knows where we're going. We just have to remember to submit to Him, to give Him our heart's longing, to give Him our heart's desire. Friends, oh, I have much more to share. But praise God, we have two more days. <laughs> In every difficulty, we are to see a call for prayer. Amen? Amen. In every difficulty, when every, whenever I realize now, whenever things are difficult in front of me, you know, when I get overwhelmed, it's just one indication. I've lose sight once again to the God who desires to lead me. Because no matter how difficult our path is, we should never be shaken when you know who's leading you, when you know who's walking with you. And you say amen? amen. And I believe now one of the greatest reasons why the Lord has given us this privilege of prayer. So that we get to know Him. So that we'll have a clearer picture of the God that we serve. Because if we have a clearer picture of Him, friends, all the anxieties that we have will be banished. All the worries that we have will be washed away. All the things that shakes us will never move us. Because how can you be moved when you have someone who is immovable, who is with you. I hope and I pray that this little sharing that we have will give you the desire to come to Him and ask Him, Lord, I just want you. I desire you more than I desire anything else. Can you say amen to that? We have one minute. We don't have time left for questions. Thank God. Thank <laughs> you.
So as we close, can we all kneel down for a prayer? Dear Father, we praise you and we thank you. And in the greatest storms, that you never leave our sight. And Lord, I pray, we pray for David in his greatest trial, that he will know for a fact that you are with him. That even though he lose his material possessions, that still, dear Father, he has eternal possessions, oh, possessions, oh Lord. Dear Father, I pray that may you continue to anoint him in the anointing power of your Holy Spirit and help him, Lord, to know that whatever he lost here is, is, irrepla is replaceable. But Lord, I pray that he may hang on to you, that he will not lose his eternal possession. Amen. Lord, I ask in a very special way, anointing power of your Holy Spirit upon all of us. Help us, Lord, to have a hunger for you. We have a thirst after you, O Lord. Your Father, I pray that may you change our hearts and give us, Lord, the heart like Jesus, the heart that would depend so much on his Father. So, Lord, I pray that may we depend upon you day by day and moment by moment. Thank you so much, Lord, for hearing our prayers. And please bless my brothers and my sisters that as they go to the next uh, seminar, may you go with them. In anointing power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, be upon us all. We pray all this in the loving and precious name of your Son, Jesus, all your children say, Amen. Amen. To listen to more of these presentations, you may visit the audio archives at misda.org slash audio 22 or search for Michigan Conference Camp Meeting wherever you get your podcasts.